Welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon. Tom Nash filling in for Al on a Thursday afternoon, August 17th. The question becomes oftentimes in our modern times, are Catholic schools or religious schools of other faiths, are they going to be permitted, especially in light of our First Amendment, to be what they are called to be? And Joining us now is Daniel Benson, counsel at the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. And there was a recent case uh, decided by the New Jersey Supreme Court in which the morals clause of a Catholic school uh, was upheld in New Jersey, St. Teresa in Kenilworth, New Jersey. And the individual had publicly violated the the uh, morals clause and yet when was released as a result of the job uh, decision by the school wanting to have good role models for the kids not to say somebody's irredeemable but you can lose your credibility as a role model at least temporarily this person filed suit and as a result now eight years later or so or some years later that there was a um, the, the ruling that the church indeed has the right to be a catholic school and uh, Daniel, it's interesting how can welcome to the program. Talk to me about too the background that you you have um, not just a, a Catholic uh, the church involved, but also a Jewish entity that was um, on on behalf who because they're seeing that the threat to them as well. Can you can you explain that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks for inviting me on the show, Tom. Uh, so Beckett represents uh, in this case. Uh, an organization called Agudas Israel of America. It's one of the nation's leading Orthodox Jewish umbrella organizations that exists to uh, defend the rights uh, of uh, Orthodox Jews throughout the country and, and ensure, uh, one of their missions is to ensure that Orthodox Jewish schools are allowed to continue passing on the faith uh, to the next generation. Because I'm sure, as you know, for Catholic schools, they play a critical role in raising the next generation of Catholics. Yeah, I and benefited myself personally. Praise God. Absolutely. And 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 the same and the same goes for these Orthodox Jewish schools. If if they are not able to have teachers who model the faith for their students, both in their word and in their conduct, then that really means that the school can't really exist as as an Orthodox Jewish school. So that's why this case is so important. And I love it, too, uh, Daniel, just excuse my interruption, that this shows how we can have in the culture wars solidarity with people with whom we, uh, even if we don't agree completely on faith, on matters of faith, but on morals, uh, whether it's our Jewish friends or evangelical Protestant friends, particularly Jewish people who are of the conservative and orthodox faith uh, in Judaism, and therefore the Ten Commandments are that much more traditionally appreciated and defended. Absolutely. And this this case is a huge win for all faiths uh, in the state of New Jersey, and I think will set a great example for courts around the country, even courts that typically you might not expect to be particularly favorable to claims about religion and religious liberty. This was a unanimous court in the state of New Jersey saying, yes, in, in our state, we are going to rec- we are going to protect the right of religious organizations of all faiths to be able to be true to their faith and expect that their employees do the same. Isn't it good, too, that it's not just the uh, religious, those who are the ministerial exemption. I remember the Hosanna-Tabor case, and I'm sure you can speak on it much more con- much better than I can off the top of my head. But the point being that it's it's a broader application, right, that it's not just 
those who are teaching religion. It's everyone's call to be a role model, and therefore it shouldn't be a limited interpretation as uh, the ACLU had wanted, yes? Exactly. Um, in, because imagine, you know, at your school, it's not just the priest who's saying Mass who needs to be uh, living the faith in word and deed. Mm. It's, it's every person who's called to that role of being an example to that rising generation, to transmit the faith to them in what they say and in what they do. Yeah. And imagine, you know, for, for my clients, for an Orthodox Jewish school, imagine if you had teachers who were not keeping the Sabbath or who were not keeping uh, the kosher laws. How, yeah. how is a teacher going to transmit the faith to the next generation if their students, you know, they're, they're talking about kosher laws and then at lunchtime the student sees their teacher eating a ham and cheese sandwich. They, they, they've lost their ability to be able to transmit the faith effectively uh, to those those students and the a- next generation of the faithful. Actions speak louder than words. There it is again. Yeah. And in addition to that, uh, the ACLU, it, it's, it's troubling because I remember now being 61 years of age that I remember the ACLU when they were a little more principled on matters of religious freedom. Uh, and uh, th- in the last few decades, they have become increasingly partisan and not standing up for true First Amendment uh, rights. Uh, and sadly, and I, I, like a Nat Hentoff, on, who always defended on the issue of abortion, was a principled civil, er- civil, civil libertarian. And, and now we don't see the ACLU. They should be on the side of the Catholic Church saying, hey, we don't agree with the Catholic Church, but hey, this is a Catholic school and this should be going. And they've lost sight of their principled, uh, shall we say, views that they held you know, some decades ago. Well, it's, it, it is unfortunate that, that organizations that you would hope would be standing up for, uh, for civil liberties are, you know, are, are not doing so. But the, the good news is that, that courts across the country are, make, are doing the right thing. And the U.S. Supreme Court has consistently affirmed that religious schools have the freedom to live, teach, and govern themselves in accordance with the teachings of their faith. And, and the New Jersey court in this case, they got it right. They, they knew uh, that the, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court was looking over their shoulder. Um, and, and so we're, we're grateful you know, that, that courts are, are willing uh, to stand up uh, for this principle and, and protect the ability of these religious schools to be able to be faithful to, to their faith tradition. Speaking to Daniel Benson, counsel at the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, they just had a great uh, victory in the New Jersey Supreme Court recently, in recent days, uh, where St. Teresa's in Kenilworth, uh, New Jersey, was upheld in terms of that people who sign the morals clause, uh, that those are legitimate and those who violate it, even though they can be forgiven, that they're not suitable, at least in the foreseeable future, for being uh, role models for the kids, and so that's a it's a great victory there. You know, you mentioned the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, Daniel. I'm wondering, it's sometimes we've seen in recent the last decade, the Supreme Court is only as good as what five people say. You know that that there's oftentimes a partisanship there, whether it's on, um, you know, the the whole redefinition of marriage, and and we saw going back to Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade was overturned last year, but yet. We've seen states come in and, and so mitigate the impact of the Dobbs decision. What's your hope long term? Do you, my concern is that you might get say, okay, well, your theology teachers are going to be covered, but we're not going to let you, uh, everybody, 
at the school, for example, uh, be tied to the ministerial or tied to the uh, morals clause. And I'm thinking, like you said, hey, the janitor is a role model and can be a great friend to people. And yet he should be tied or she should be tied, depending on who it is, to that clause. If, if because it, all those people are leaders and teachers one way or another. Yeah, you know, imagine imagine the janitor at at a Catholic school wearing a shirt that says the Catholic Church is evil. Mm. And like, of course, of course, of course, the the school is not going to be okay with that. And, no, and just because just because the janitor is not the one uh, who is who is saying the mass doesn't mean that he doesn't have an important role to play in the spiritual environment of the school. And the same the same for for a Jewish school. But the you know the the good news is that we are in the middle of a more than decade long incredible winning streak for religious liberty at the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, the Montana. Can, can you give us a recap on that Montana case, and then there's been the recent Oklahoma case, just to give people a sense of hope and encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. Just in the just in uh, the past uh, a couple years ago, there um, there was a case involving a, a Catholic school teacher who was let go and and sued the school for discrimination, and 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 the U.S. Supreme Court said. The Catholic school has has the right to be able to make decisions about who's going to transmit the faith to the next generation. And they were building on on another another case just a few years before that that also involved a a teacher at a religious school. So so this principle that religious schools are free uh, to to have religious standards that allow them to actually be true to their faith, that has been protected time and time again. At the U.S. Supreme Court, and and you know we're confident that that the court will continue to protect that principle. And it's really not a surprise because everyone comes in. It's like, okay, you want to work here, you've got to follow the clause. You know, you may not necessarily be a Catholic, but you've got to be acting consistent with the church's teaching, and particularly on morals. So it's not like something came out of uh, something unexpected or, hey, I didn't sign up for this. It's all very transparent at the beginning. So there shouldn't be. And that's why we can say, yeah, it's justly upheld because everybody went in with eyes wide open. Absolutely. And in, in the case of St. Teresa, the, the teacher signed a contract every year that said, you you know, you agree to follow the teachings of the Catholic Church uh, in, in your life and you're an example to the students. And in the case of, of Orthodox Jewish schools, I mean, they, they do the same thing. They, they make it very clear that that they need those teachers to be adhering, whether or not they're Jewish themselves, they need them to uh, follow uh, the moral teachings um, of the faith so they can so they can transmit the faith to, to future generations. Going and my, for- minority faiths are often, they, they need to go outside the faith to find people to work in their organizations oftentimes because they tend to be very small communities. So protections yeah. like this are particularly important for small minority faiths. Understand that, and uh, by the way, going forward, any cases you're working on uh, that involve religious freedom, particularly with regard to religious education, or that in general that might be coming up before the Supreme Court in the next year or so? Uh, well, we've got a number of a number of cases um, that your listeners can can read about um, on our website at BeckettLaw.org. Very good. Um, other other cases that that involve. Um, Catholic schools, um, um, and re- religious schools generally, you know, fighting for them to be uh, treated fairly 
by governments um, and not not excluded from being able to partic- participate uh, and and transmit the faith to the next generation. You guys have had a great track record. Um, and thinking off the top of my head, you were involved, at least in part, with the Little Sisters of the Poor, weren't you, with their whole case about whether they had to include insurance or not? Absolutely. We've we've been to the Supreme Court twice just with representing the Little Sisters and um, and and thankfully have been able to protect them. And, uh, and, and we're grateful for our clients who are willing to stand up for their own rights and for religious liberty for all. And again, your website again, Daniel? Uh, BeckettLaw.org. Daniel Benson, counselor at the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. Thank you very much. God bless you and all at the Beckett Fund for all the great work you're doing. We'll be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> 